Welcome to the Pixels and in Ink podcast. This is the show where we bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using multi-channel marketing to dramatically boost your leads and sales. From the top sales and marketing minds across agencies, print service providers, and enterprise marketers, you'll hear what's working and not working so you can be on the cutting edge without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, here are your hosts, Mackenzie Farshid and Dave Rosendahl. Welcome back to Pixels and Ink. How are you, Mackenzie? Doing great. Glad you could join us today. We've got an Me? exciting... Me? Glad I could join you? Yeah, sure. I'm always <laughs> happy to see you, Mackenzie, and happy to see or uh, be with you, the virtual... Uh, uh, guest here. We've got an exciting guest today, Rick Mulready. We just finished uh, the session with him and we're excited to queue that up for you. An incredible resource on Facebook ads and Facebook advertising. Yeah, something that I love that he that he's able to do in his podcast, but then that you'll find when you listen to this episode is that he can break down tough topics or complex topics and make them easily digestible or understandable by everyone. So no matter if you are just at the beginning of your Facebook journey or if you are, you know, an expert at this and you're doing it all the time, this episode is one that you really, really want to listen to and take some of the stuff that he teaches us and apply it to your business. Yeah. So Rick has got an extensive background in online advertising and specifically Facebook. Mm -hmm. He is also a podcaster an incredible podcast as you mentioned over at the art of paid traffic yep. we'll include that in the show notes but let's stop talking here and let's go hang out with rick sounds good all righty all right well welcome rick to the podcast how are you i'm doing great thanks so much for having me on here guys Absolutely. It's a pleasure. We're honored to have to have you on the show. If the listeners don't know, you have an incredible podcast. We're going to talk about that here in a few moments called The Art of Paid Traffic. But before we get into that, Rick, tell us who is Rick Mulready. Tell us a little bit about your background and who you are and uh, uh, introduce the listeners to everything Rick. Everything Rick. Yeah. Uh, keep it keep it clear and concise, short and concise. Well, I live here in San Diego. Um, I'm an East Coast guy. I've been out in the West Coast now for almost 12 years now. And I've been in online advertising for over 17 years now. And I actually, as I say that, that number out loud, it kind of freaks me out because it's a long <laughs> time to be doing this stuff. Uh, and as you might, I might imagine, I've seen a lot of different changes in online advertising. And I, so I started back in 2000 uh, at AOL back on the East Coast and at AOL's headquarters at the time uh, in Dulles, Virginia. And this is back when, like, dial up, you know, you heard the old, you got mail, all that craziness. Discs were being sent out for, you know, for to access AOL. And so that was my, that was my start. That was my introduction, if you will, to online advertising. I like to call it like the Wild West days of the online ads world. And so spent about five years there and then came out here to the West Coast. I spent time at Yahoo. I spent time at another company called Vibrant Media, which is a contextual advertising platform. I spent time at Funny or Die, which is Will Ferrell's platform. And I've been doing Facebook ads now for about uh, a little over seven years and because I, I started doing them while I was in the corporate world. So um, that's sort of a quick and dirty uh, background of, of the online advertising space and my experience with it. Outside of that, you know, who is Rick Mulready? I love to... Um, big into uh, working out quite a bit. I love to go up to uh, Montana to go fly fishing. It's something I discovered um, last year in 2016. I, I took a trip up to uh, Bozeman, Montana. I have some buddies up there and I hired a guide to go fly fishing and it was life-changing for me. It was awesome. So I now um, I now get to plan my business and, and, uh, and what's going on around those trips, which is pretty cool. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a quick and dirty overview of, uh, of who I am and what I'm up to. So two questions there about your background then. So did you ever yeah, meet sure. Steve Case and he, did you ever meet Will Ferrell? Uh, Will Ferrell, I met him about three times. Okay. Oh. He, is, he is as funny and as nice as they come. Um, you know, it was one of those ones where, you know, it's like, you're always apprehensive of meeting people like that. Cause you don't, you don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. I was definitely not disappointed. He's the nicest guy ever. Uh, super funny guy in person. Just really, uh, really a good dude. And then I did not meet Steve case. Um, you know, I was at meetings with, you know, where there were hundreds of people there when he was speaking, but I never met him, you know, like got to shake his hand or anything like that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I've always wanted to ask you that. So that's awesome. Thanks for uh, sharing that with us. And yeah, sure. So, so you mentioned, you know, Facebook kind of has entered into the arc of your career uh, you know, over the past couple of years. How did you actually become uh, well-versed in Facebook and become, you know, the, the expert at Facebook advertising? What's that story like? Yeah, so I started, um, I, start, I, I got the itch back in 2010, so a little over seven years ago. 
where I, again, I was in the corporate world at that time and I was starting to kind of get the itch of like, you know what, I kind of want to do something else. I want to do something on my, on my own. I was tired of the corporate world and tired of what I was doing, selling online advertising in the environment that I was doing it in. And I've never been one to love, you know, taking orders from other people or doing what other people, you know, you know, taking care of their agenda, if you will. So I started to think about like what could be next, like what's something that I might be able to do myself and start my own business, um, maybe on the side, potentially doing this full time. So I started looking around in 2010 and I was seeing what was happening on Facebook. And really where this came from was I was at these big companies, you know, the AOL and Yahoo's of the world and, and these other companies. And a lot of these companies at the time, they had minimum advertising spends that an advertiser needed to, to hit because, you know, as the company, we were putting a lot of resources into running those ad campaigns and so forth. So there was this minimum advertising spend, which was a little bit too high for most small businesses out there. And um, what was happening, what I was seeing these small businesses, these same small businesses that didn't have the opportunities to advertise on these bigger platforms, they were having really, really good luck building communities on Facebook. You know, this is back when you could post something on Facebook and the, you know, your post would be seen by everybody who followed you and, and things were good. Life was good. You know, they were building communities. They were talking to them, but also advertisers had, or these businesses had these amazing opportunity to advertise on Facebook because Facebook knows so much about its users. So I saw what was going on here. And so because of my advertising background, <clears throat> excuse me, I naturally gravitated towards that advertising side of Facebook. And I was like, you know what, this could be something that I do my, you know, on, on, uh, on my own after I leave the corporate world, maybe this is something I manage for other businesses. So that's when I dove into Facebook ads to learn as much as I possibly could about <clears throat> excuse me, how to use them, what was going on, you know, what everything entailed with it. And this is back in 2010. This is a, at a time when there was not a lot of information out there. And there was pretty much just that little advertising on the, on the side in the, on the right-hand column there that, um, uh, that existed at that time. So there really <laughs> wasn't a whole lot to it and there, and even less information out there, how to, how to, uh, uh, learn it. So, but as once I, what as, as soon as I jumped into it, I was like, ah, this is, this is where it's at. Like I see huge opportunity here. So that's when I started to, to dive in teaching myself, started running some campaigns for friends of mine who had online businesses. And I was, I was, uh, I was bit, as you, as you could say, I was bit by the bug of, of Facebook ads. So Rick, we mentioned in the intro that you've got a well-respected podcast called The Art of Paid Traffic, um, one that I came upon um, a few years back, I think. It's been about a year and a half or so. Uh, actually, as I was taking my kids for a walk late at night trying to get them to go the frick to sleep. Uh, if you're a parent out there, you probably know what that feels like. So Rick, I feel like I know you. You've been inside my head, inside my ear for a long time. And I've always wanted to know, why did you start the podcast and what value does it bring you as a business? Yeah, what a lot of people don't know is that I really struggled. So I left the corporate world in uh, the fall of 2012. So okay. actually September 30th, 2012. And I figured I'd come out and I'd be running Facebook ads and um, you know, I would just jump right into it. I hadn't been doing it, but I was making a very good living in the corporate world. And so when I left there, I didn't immediately jump right into like matching what I was doing. So for the first 15 months or so, I really struggled. I really like I was all over the place and and things were not happening like I had hoped. You know, this whole like online entrepreneurship, quote unquote, was a lot different and harder than I had expected. And so um, I was on a flight to I, I grew up in New Hampshire and I was on a flight back home one year to uh, for Christmas for the holidays. And I was listening to an interview with Gary Vaynerchuk, actually. Hmm. And the question to him was, what do you read? Like, what would you recommend? And he's like, honestly, I don't read and I don't read a whole lot. And because he, you know, he's well known for not having read that many books. He, he's very public about that. Kind of like our president. But he says, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we won't go there. Um, and, uh, Sorry. He's, he's like, um, he's like uh, if you were to, if you were to read, I would read Ad Age to, to, you know, to hear about what the, what the brands are doing and, and uh, how they're advertising. And then also, I forget this other one, but it was more tech. It was like more technical site. I can't remember the the other name of the the site. Okay. At this point, but it was like to learn about the tech side of things. And so when you combine those two things, you'll have a good overview of what's going on, and then that could be your reading. 
And a little light bulb went off and it's like, you know what? I should be focusing, again, this is at a time when I wasn't sure what I was doing. I was really fumbling around trying to figure out how to be bringing money on a consistent basis for this new online business I created. Not even sure what the business is at that point. And I said, you know what? I should focus, because I come from a corporate advertising background, I understand the big brands, I should focus on social media in general, kind of take a step back just from Facebook ads and combine the two and talk about how big brands are using social media but yet how small businesses can, can leverage the knowledge that they're gaining from these big campaigns. Hmm. And so I had this brilliant idea of like, oh, I'll start a podcast and talk about this. So I called it Inside Social Media and I interviewed like big brands. I interviewed like Red Bull and, and uh, Ford and all these other companies talking about things that they're doing in social media and <clears throat> how small businesses could model this. And I was totally hooked when it came to the podcast. I loved it. I'd never done something like that before started to get traction, people were reaching out. And again, I was not just focusing on Facebook ads at this point. And this is 2013, you know, this is, this is four years ago. And it was, I'm telling you this story because this was the start of like, I love podcasting and I love the opportunity that exists with it. I love being able to reach people all over the world with this message and with this medium. And so, then when I started to get focused on Facebook ads, I said, you know what, I don't like this broad sort of thing, if you will, that I've created as far as like social media in general. Um, I wasn't selling anything really at that point. I was still trying to, turn, to manage Facebook ads for other businesses. I'd created like a little how-to on Facebook ads and that didn't go over very well at, at first, but I still saw the opportunity with, with the podcasting. And so then in 2014, January 2014, that's when I started to really, really hone in on Facebook ads. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sell something. I created the course. And that is when I started to get the idea of, you know what? Maybe this is something I can be doing uh, on a podcasting level that focuses on Facebook ads and paid traffic in general. And so what are we, uh, we're almost two years, not, not quite two years into the, into, uh, the podcast now. And it's been awesome. And, and we talk a lot about Facebook ads, obviously, because that's, you know, that's my thing. But we also talk about other forms of online advertising because I love it. And I can talk about anything out there and be able to. I, one of the things that, that I love that people say, Rick, you know what? You're really good at this is sort of breaking down complex topics yep. such that, you know, people can say, oh, you know what? I get that now. I didn't get that before, like the Facebook pixel, for example. Like, I get that now, and I can go do this. I can go implement this in my business. And that's what the podcast really allows me um, to do. Now, kind of along with an answer here, but and just to kind of finish up, you asked about, like, the effect that the podcast has on the business. Uh, I don't know the exact percentage, but easily 80% or so of my paying customers, my students, are all listeners of the show. And so that means like, okay, the podcast is doing its thing, meaning it's, it's, a, it's a branding vehicle for me. It's also building my email list and creating a relationship with people just like you, David. Like you said, I went for, I'm walking with my kids, I'm listening to the podcast. You know, that sort of like building a relationship with somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, as they're <clears throat> excuse me, doing their daily things, whether it's going for a walk or at the gym or in the car or whatever, that's a relationship. You're in their earbuds, you're coming over their speakers that allows you to really you know, start to build a relationship with somebody that you can't do in the written word or, or, or something else. And so the podcast has been amazing. I love to do it. And it's something that I'm really doubling down on, uh, particularly this year uh, in my business. So Rick, many of our listeners have yet to run their first Facebook campaign. And so they're listening here, they've heard our show maybe, maybe they've listened to you and they're like, okay, I, I buy in, I wanna yep. do it. Um, what's your advice to them? How do they start with Facebook ads? Yeah, just get started. I mean, the first thing that you've got to do, <clears throat> excuse me, when you start thinking about your Facebook ads, and a lot of people who are even doing Facebook ads now, don't they, they miss this step because this is something that a lot of people don't want to do because they have to think through it, is think about why you want to do Facebook ads in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just getting someone like, oh, I just want, to, I just want people to start seeing my stuff. I want, see, I want someone to see my content. That's not a good reason. I mean, it, it is a good reason, but oftentimes that's it. It stops there. You've got to have a plan in place to, to get that ROI, to make that money back at some point, whether it's, you know, quickly or longer term. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to be really clear on what this strategy 
is. What are the things that I'm going to do? I'm going to put my Facebook ad up. Cool. That's going to promote this, whatever this is. And I wanted someone to become a, go from becoming a stranger on Facebook to becoming a lead. I'm going to build a relationship with them. And then I'm going to offer them something to, to buy. And so looking at what that strategy is for your own, <clears throat> excuse me, for your own business is critical because again, most people just throw up an ad and they're like, yeah, I want to, I want to get people to see this and that's what I'm doing. Okay, great. But you got to have a strategy behind it. So that's the very first thing I would encourage people to do is think through what that strategy looks like. And strategy being what's the sales funnel that's going to take people from being a stranger on Facebook through to becoming a lead, building a relationship with them, and then <clears throat> into a paying customer. And then outside of that, you really want to be crystal clear on who that target audience is that you're trying to reach. A lot of people think that they have a clear understanding of who their target audience is. We throw around you know, the whole avatar quite a bit. Nine times out of 10, and myself included, we can always be learning more about our exact target audience because the more clear we are, then we can leverage Facebook's targeting opportunities. And we have lots of opportunities on Facebook to, to you know, just different ways to target. We can leverage what Facebook is giving us and what, is, what they're making available to us to speak to our direct target audience. So I would say those are the first two things I'd be thinking about. As, we're, as you start to dive into, into Facebook ads. So Rick, from your vantage point, having worked with uh, probably thousands of students at this point and mm -hmm. dozens of yep. brands, you know, one of the things that we often hear as we're preaching the, the gospel of Facebook in conjunction with other forms of media is that, hey, Facebook really is only good for B2C campaigns and business people, you know, or B2B campaigns don't really work on Facebook. What's your take mm -hmm. on that? I completely disagree. I mean, and, and I'm not saying that you're saying that, Dave. Is uh, this, this is a a big myth out there that people have that Facebook ads only work for that B2C. Okay. When you've got when you've got B2B, there's it comes down to two things. Number one is the offer. What like is the offer that you're making attracting your ideal audience for whatever the B2B you know um, uh, sale is. Okay, so what is the offer and then the target audience? Are you targeting the right people on Facebook? Because you can get very, you can get very specific with your targeting, obviously. But again, this goes back to having a clear understanding of who my target audience is. If I want to reach marketing managers at different companies, I can do that with a specific offer. So when it comes to B2B, it's really about what is the offer that you're making? Who is the target audience that you're trying to reach? And then again, going back to what is the, the journey, if you will, what's the sales funnel look like in trying to attract my ideal audience and take them through to becoming uh, a paying customer? Makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. So for you and your business, how do you specifically use Facebook to generate leads for your own business? And what does your sales funnel look like? Yeah, this great question. And so right now, over the past few years, we've been a very um, launch-oriented business, meaning I'll, I'll launch a program. So we just wrapped up um, launch of my FB Advantage program. Back in early March, we, did, uh, we launched a brand new program called the FB Ad Manager. So we were very launch-oriented. So we'd be running Facebook ads, promoting a webinar, um, and get people onto the webinar, and then offer them the opportunity to continue their training with one of these um, courses. And so it's, it has been very launch oriented. What we're doing, and we're literally right now shifting into more of an evergreen model so that we are giving content away, free content away through our Facebook ads to start to build that relationship with them and then leverage Facebook's pixels so that we can build retargeting audiences based on the specific type of content that they are um, reading about. So for example, if someone's coming to read you know, the, the, the complete guide to the Facebook ad pixel, that is somebody who is obviously going to be interested in Facebook ads. And we can, we can determine, you know, what sort of what level they're at with their Facebook ads and then retarget them with a specific offer to whether it's a, a down, you know, another download, you know, a downloadable cheat sheet or a checklist, or maybe it's to an invite to a training or something like that. So we are going more evergreen as far as promoting and building a relationship from with just a free, uh, you know, a freebie, some sort of free offer, but we're also going to be promoting the, the, the podcast with, uh, with Facebook ads uh, as well. And so we're, we're, we're starting to combine more evergreen sort of 
always on strategy, if you will, along with the um, with the launch uh, launch strategy. So have you not promoted the podcast with paid traffic before? I have not. I've done a very little bit. Okay. And I, the, the and this is going to sound really weird, but the podcast has done very well. And so with everything else that, you know, that we've had going on in the business, it's sort of taken a back seat. Sure. Well, that's actually literally in the process of that right now. We're changing. We're changing that. So, yeah. So for the most part, I've not done any paid traffic for the show. One thing I've noticed you experimenting with or seemingly experimenting with more and more are the video ads um, to promote your your yep. your courses and, and your brand. So tell us a little bit about how that's worked for you. Yeah, video ads are so great because like before we were talking about, you know, the opportunity for podcasting to create create that relationship with people in their earbuds coming over their speakers. Well, video is takes it takes that to another level because now they get to see you. They get to see your mannerisms and hear your voice and see how you're speaking and what are you doing in the video and that sort of thing. So you get to build a, a, a different connection, different type of connection with somebody through video. And so because of that, combine that with the focus and basically love that Facebook has for video on its platform right now and has been for a little while and, and I don't see changing anytime soon, it's a really, really powerful medium when it comes to, to Facebook advertising. And so if you can do a video, uh, and get use that to get in front of your target audience. Again, they get to create that connection with you. Also, it allows you to to teach. You know, you can teach something. Like I can teach a a three minute lesson about something, whatever it is, and then offer you know have a call to action on that um, video. And then in addition, as I mentioned, Facebook Facebook loves it has a big focus on video. They're they're coming out with just different things that you can do with video or the opportunities that are available with video, for example, the opportunity to, to build targeting audiences based on how long people watch your video. So for example, if somebody's watching, you know, 95% of my video, that's a pretty engaged type of person. Mm -hmm. And so I can build an audience of those people, retarget them, follow back up with them with a specific kind of message that's based on the great engagement that they had with the video versus if someone watches you know, 10 seconds of my video, that's going to be a less engaged person, but they still watch the video, you know, at some, you know, a little piece of the video and I can retarget and follow up with them with a different sort of message that maybe they need some more content. You know, maybe they need some more free value from me. And so we can use these engagement audiences and then we can take it a step further and build lookalike audiences of people that are watching our videos. So in a nutshell here, we've got a lot of opportunities to leverage the engagement that people have with our videos, use that to, for our targeting and use that to make obviously connections with our target audience and get them to take action. And, and I like to say, if you can use a video ad, test it against a standard image ad and then see what works and then kind of keep moving from, from there. And we could, we could talk forever for, you know, a long time about just video ads. Oh yeah. And, and you know, uh, Rick, one of the objections that we often hear with video ads is that, oh, you know, I'm gonna have to spend tens of thousands of dollars on production. I've got to get fancy cameras. I've got to get mics and all of this yeah. stuff. But as you probably uh, would recommend, the iPhones that we have in our pockets these days are plenty good, at least in my opinion, for doing that. So I'm curious, how do you record your videos? What are you spending for production on those videos? Yeah, I'm spending basically nothing. Uh -huh. okay. <laughs> I'm doing what you just I'm doing what you just mentioned, Dave. I, I grab the phone. Um, I plug in the I plug in the um, the earbuds. Okay. Uh, and the best performing videos I've done. Literally me walking down the street, coffee in hand, holding out the phone and, you know, talking, you know, giving a lesson and, and, and having a call to action there. You know, this is about, and I, but of course, I've also done other videos where, you know, I have a lapel mic and I'm doing, you know, I'm teaching something there or, you know, it, but I've never um, hired a professional photographer, a professional videographer okay. to, to do something specifically for um, a video ad. Now, as I say that, I'm thinking about a video ad that's running right now that's promoting my um, live event. But that video was shot by a professional videographer at my live event, but not with the intention of, oh, this is going to be a Facebook ad at some point. Hmm. This would just say sort of a promotional video of the of the event. And so, yeah, going back to, you know, we have to remember the mindset of people on Facebook. Why are they there on Facebook? They're there to share with their friends and family. They're there to share you know, pictures that they've taken with their iPhone or, 
or smartphone and video with their phone. So when we come across with a professionally done video, it looks out of place. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it almost doesn't look native to the platform that we are using. Now, if you're an accountant or, you know, some sort of a lawyer or the, some sort of, you know, business niche that maybe necessitates a higher quality video, that's one thing. But for most people out there, just grabbing your smartphone and re smartphone and recording a video that people will find value in and be entertained by that and you're you know giving them a call to action those work really really well on the facebook platform so rick would you say this is similar to mckenzie actually something we were talking about in stories? a previous episode no not stories i'm thinking about how we've tested you know stock uh, professional oh, images yeah. versus like we were just talking in the last episode about that kid in the purple sweater, right? Yeah. Which was just some Flickr photo that that was, uh, you know, licensed for anyone to use. So, Rick, have you noticed something similar there? Are, are you kind of saying the same thing? I think that uh, on Facebook, yeah. the professionally produced videos versus those that you can tell were done by someone like you or me yep. um, tend mm -hmm. to resonate or in some cases resonate better than the professionally produced things similar to the way images work in ads. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, look, the people on Facebook, they, they like the authenticity, you know, they like when you mess up, they like when you, you know, it's kind of like when we do a podcast and we're like, Ooh, is it, should we leave that um in there? Or, you know, something like, I don't do any kind of editing, for example, on my podcast when it comes to ums and ahs and stuff like that. Cause that's just, you know, that's, that's how I'm talking on there. And the video goes for the same thing. People like that authenticity. People like that rawness, if you will, of, of the video. And again, the professionally done videos do have their place, sure. but it is, I, it's, it's very similar to what you're saying, Dave, as far as the stock photos versus stuff that you take with your, with your camera. Now, if you do, I'm not saying don't do a stock photo, but people on Facebook are really smart and they, they sniff like as soon as they see a stock a photo, they think, Ooh, that's an ad. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So their defenses go up, they'll scroll right by it. And they just, you know, they kind of, um, they, they just don't, focus on it. They don't put their attention to it. They don't give their attention to it. So if you do a, um, if, if you do, if you are going to use a stock photo, what I would recommend is just sticking in like Canva or pickmonkey.com, both free tools online and just kind of playing with the tint. You know, you can, you can kind of play with like the, I am not a graphics person, as you can tell from the terminology here. <laughs> you, you can kind of play with the coloring a little bit mm -hmm. in, in the image. So it doesn't look so stock photo-y coming through the newsfeed, if you play a little bit with that color, like a little bit with that tinting, it makes it stand out a little bit more. And it does make it look less stock photo-y. So if you are going to use a stock photo, okay, cool, you're going to test it, try that out. Put it in one of those you know, free um, editing tools and kind of play with the coloring a little bit to kind of make it stand out from the newsfeed and also not make it look so stock photo-y. Yeah, we were talking to someone uh, yesterday about Instagram and they were saying how huge of an impact stories have, you know, where you can literally just go live right there on your phone. And I think it's the same thing what you're saying. Give people the opportunity yep. to see you as a real human being and connect with you. Because, I mean, even talking about Facebook advertising, like let's say you want someone to take your course. Well, if they see you in this highly produ produced area and they think, you know what, okay, the things he's doing, I can't do. You know, I don't have exactly. those tools. Versus if you're saying, look, I'm just like you. I got started in online advertising. I, you know, came into Facebook. I learned it. I grew it. And now this is something that you can do too. take my course, you know, learn how you can do it too. make yourself relatable, you know, in that way. Absolutely. And we haven't even talked about, I didn't even mention before Facebook live, you know, it, Facebook loves Facebook live. And when you kind of do it, that one, two punch, if you will, like where you do a Facebook live and then you turn it into a video ad after that, mm -hmm. Facebook loves that. You know, because again, you're staying all on the platform here. You're spending money with them to promote that that video that you've just done. Facebook loves it, and and that's another opportunity for you to be authentic. You know, this doesn't have to be this big produced um, video that that you're doing. You know, so you can do on your phone. You can do. Uh, I just found. I just somebody just sent me uh, like two weeks ago. Ecam, which does Skype's call recorder. Ecam has a uh, a, a tool now to do Facebook lives on your computer and you can share your screen. You can uh, do text overlays and it's like $30. So it's super mm. inexpensive. And I use it a few times and it's super, it's great. It's very easy to use. I'm sure they're going to be, you know, making it better and, and, and doing enhancements to it. But the obstacle to doing a Facebook live is pretty much nothing. nothing. Like you can just click a button, type some words in there describing what you're talking about. 
and go. And now the, the, the big tip I'd give for anybody wanting to use Facebook Lives for, and then turning it into a video is be mindful of that when you're doing the video. Meaning like have your call to actions throughout the video. Don't save them to the very, very end, but go into it mindfully. Again, this is like, this goes back to like having a strategy behind what you're doing. If you're gonna do a Facebook Live, go into it like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna introduce myself. I'm gonna pose a problem here. I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna teach. I'm gonna discuss something. Throughout the, this whole thing, I'm gonna be having this, whatever this is, call to action. Um, asking people to to go here, and then don't be afraid to put that link in the description of the of the video as well. So, Rick, before we move on to the next topic, let's just understand your use of Facebook for your own business a little bit more deeply. I know you touched on how you use it to generate um, mm -hmm. inbound interest for your course, but can you just kind of walk us through from the top of your funnel to the middle of your funnel to the bottom of the funnel? What are the Facebook specific um, ad objectives, ad types, targeting that you're using for the top, middle, and bottom of your funnel. Yeah, so we we tend to use so what we what we do, and we're and I'll kind of take you through a launch. So let's let's talk about the okay. launch. So what we'll do is we'll start our ads about ten days out from a webinar, and then what we're doing when the first couple of ads is we are targeting, and there's a couple different ways to do this. So generally we're targeting, we're using conversions as our objective. And we, are, we start off by targeting our warm traffic. So people who are Facebook fans, people who are visiting our website on the email list, that sort of thing. Because, and we're starting off with those because we know that those ads are gonna get the most engagement because that's warm traffic. Okay. So people are, that's gonna be our, our, our cheapest uh, conversions at that point. But what we're doing there is we're also building social proof from our ads. Then what we're doing is we're working from the ad ID that we've created. So now we're creating all of our ads for cold traffic, meaning other you know, lookalike audiences or other interest targeting, for example. Then we're using those same ad IDs from, that we're using from the warm traffic because we're carrying over all the social proof with that because the social proof is tied to the ad ID. And so now we're creating all these other ads for the cold to start, to start a couple of days later for our cold audience, okay? And then, and again, this it, conversions is our objective. Now I said you can try a couple different things here. If you don't wanna start with warm traffic, what you could do is start your ads with a, an engagement objective. And so that's encouraging, object, uh, encouraging engagement with your ad. Again, more social proof, and then you can use those ad IDs to move into the conversion objective because we want people to um, register for a, a live training that sort of thing. And so then what we're doing is for the first few days, it's all testing, okay? One of the biggest mistakes that people make is that they don't go into Facebook ads with the mindset of, you know what? I do have to test this out. I'm, I'm, there's gonna be testing involved. Things are, gonna, I'm not gonna hit it out of the park in day one. We have to test different things to find out what is, what is working. And that's, the, that's, like my final, that's my final sentence on every podcast episode because that is so critical to the success of your pay traffic and, and, and Facebook ads. And so we are using those first few days as testing. We're figuring out what's working. And as we're setting our, before we set our ads up actually, as we're looking at, okay, what type of ads are we gonna run? What's the messaging gonna be? We are looking at, again, this kind of goes back to the target audience. We're looking at who is our target audience, but then really within that target audience, who are the people that potentially could be interested in this training. So for example, where I just, I, so we just wrapped up a, a recent launch for the FB Advantage, which is Facebook ads training for online businesses. And so, okay, great, that's my, that's my target audience. But again, going back to, we can always be more granular. Now I am looking at that and saying, the people that are in this audience, who are those people specifically? So that's probably people who have never done Facebook ads before. They want to do them, but they don't know where to start. Okay, cool, there's one audience. Another audience could be, I've done Facebook ads before, but I didn't get the results that I wanted. Okay, cool, there's another audience. And then the third one might be uh, somebody who's done Facebook ads before, has gotten good results, but now they wanna scale and take things to the next level. Hmm. Okay, cool. Well, I've just made three sort of sub audiences, if you will, out of that one audience. And now I can, you, now, now I'm using those three quote unquote buckets of people to create my ads, both from the videos, the images and the ad copy. And so now we're speaking directly to those people in my ads. I'm testing to see where I'm getting the best results. 
And then as we move along after those, after those first few days, then we start to scale. So then we start optimizing and looking at, okay, these ads are these audiences didn't work. This didn't work. This did work. Okay, great. So we start optimizing. And as we get closer to the, uh, to the webinar, we are, we are scaling as quickly as we possibly can. And so the heaviest spend of the budget is in sort of those three days leading up to the webinar because we've done our testing, we've done our optimizing. And at this point, we're just scaling. And we're trying to spend as much as we possibly can because those first few days or the last few days, I should say, before the webinar are critical because, you know, as you might imagine, the closer that somebody registers to a webinar, the more likely they are to, to show up. And so that's sort of what the webinar strategy is um, for us. Now, again, we've done video series launches where we're running Facebook ads into a video series that all start going into webinars. We get very elaborate with it. But... That's a that's a actually very specific uh, how we're doing uh, our Facebook ads for our webinar launches. And then you just spoke about a few different groups of people. You know, the person who's just getting started, the person who's you know done a mm -hmm. few but wants to learn a little bit more, and then the person who's maybe you know done this a lot and they want to scale. So, are you finding that you're able to um, talk to those people in a way where they come back? Like, let's say the first group of person, uh, the first group is a group of people that are just getting started, and you help them get started, and they're like, okay, I have one under my belt. Do you find that after you're after they've let's say converted or after they've watched a webinar after they've done one of your courses that you're able to bring them back again for more added value absolutely and because th that's what the whole goal is the whole goal is how can i have a as specific a conversation with this target audience as i can mm -hmm. you know we're trying to segment as much as possible and that's what really this year has been focusing on for me is that so for example when we're doing the webinar registrations not only are we do we have those three buckets so that we can speak to those different people and test to see where we're getting the results but when people, excuse me, register for the webinar, we're asking them to, hey, which one describes you? Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those three buckets. So now they, they are segmenting themselves. And so the, um, the lead up sequence into the webinar is the same. But then, and then we have the webinar. But then afterwards, the entire follow-up email series speaks directly to that person, depending on where they segmented themselves. And so the more I can have this specific kind of conversation, to, to, to your point, like we can look at say, okay, we've, we've brought you this far along in, the, in, your, in your journey, in your experience, in your Facebook ads experience. Maybe you didn't, you didn't know Facebook ads before. We want to start you here. And then when you get to this point, we're going to move you to the next level. You know what I mean? And just kind of keep moving them along the journey. But I can't do that if I don't know where they're at or I don't know sort of quote unquote which bucket they fall in. And so we are trying to segment as much as possible so that we can have those specific conversations and help them along their journey wherever they are and continue to help them as we go along. So Rick, sticking on that theme of the folks that you're bringing into your webinar, what have you found for the top of your funnel where, where you're going after cold traffic? What works mm -hmm. best for you um, for identifying a target audience and engaging them in your funnel? Well, so what I do for the target audience, and uh, just at the time that we're recording this, Audience Insights has been super wacky. Um, they've been doing some updates in Audience Insights, and it's just been really, really, the results have not been very, uh, not been very good. And, but I bring that up because I like to use Audience Insights to find new audience, new cold traffic audiences on Facebook. So for example, if, I'm, if I want to target, if I know that, that um, you know, my audience also has an interest in Amy Porterfield, for example, I can put her into Audience Insights and it will tell me other similar Facebook pages that are either similar to, to Amy. So I might, I might not have thought about, ooh, I, you know, I found, I don't know, whatever it is. Ryan like, Dice or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, ooh, maybe I didn't think of Ryan Dice. Okay, cool. That's a great one. And I like to just keep a list. I use Evernote all the time. So I like to keep a list in my Evernote of just all these different uh, targeting opportunities, the cold traffic, the interest, the behaviors, that it's just a, it's a running list. And so when I'm like, oh yeah, Ryan Dice, great. I didn't really think about him. So now I can put him into audience insights and find other audiences there as, as well. Got it. So I'm always trying to think about, okay, what is my interest or what is my audience interested in? And one of the, another big mistake that people make is that they think just in that sense. They think, oh yes, they're, they're also interested in Amy Porterfield or they're also interested in um, you know, Ryan Dice or digital marketer or whatever it might be you've got to take a step back also and think outside the box. What are people reading? What are people 
uh, watching? You know, what are they what kind of events are they attending that is in your target audience? So I always use this example, like if my niche is yoga, okay, great. I want to target women probably between the ages of, I don't know, 25 to let's just say 45 who have an interest in yoga. Yes, obviously, but they also might be shopping at places like Lululemon or Lorna Jane or You're speaking my uh, language, man. Uh, oh, yeah, like so but most people don't don't get behind or they might be reading like Yoga Journal magazine or something like that. Most people don't think about those types of things. They just think, "Ooh, I want to reach people who have an interest or women who have an interest in yoga." But what are they reading? What are they attending? Where are they shopping? Yeah, you know? get into their ecosystem. So, Exactly. And this is where it comes back to what I was talking about before is that most people think, yeah, I have, an, I have an understanding of my target audience. Okay, cool. But can you really drill down in there and find out or, and understand all these other things that we're talking about right now? And so that's what I try and do as well. So Rick, I'd like to piggyback off something you just said. So after people come to your webinar, you then do this email follow-up. And yep. so we're in the midst of this series on digital marketing, and we talk a lot on our show, and I'm sure you preach it too, about multi-channel. And so I'm curious to know, how are you using multiple channels in your funnel? So maybe you're using Facebook or email. What are some of those channels that you're using? And then maybe not just you, but people that are coming through your webinars, what are you seeing them do to drive results? Well, I mean, the, the real win here is when you can really create, you just use the word ecosystem, like where you can create these different touch points and reach people where they are in whatever format that they're consuming. So whether it's video, you know, can you be using video in conjunction with your YouTube strategy, you know, doing videos on, on there? Um, you know, you can be set it, you can use like Google Tag Manager, for example, and have different pixels and you can, you can incorporate um, you know, retargeting for on the Google Display Network, for example. So there's all different types of things that, and, and where let's just say Facebook Ads is your sort of your hub, if you will, like it's your main strategy. But then you can be doing these other things as far as retargeting goes. So again, being where people are, so when they're not on Facebook, you can be reaching them. But that also goes with just using the regular type, quote unquote, um, social media channels like Instagram, for example. How are you leveraging Instagram to show? the personal side, you know, of your life so that you can build that relationship with people. How are you using, as you guys mentioned before, stories, Instagram stories and sharing that. So you're, you're leveraging these platforms to build relationships with people, your target audience, so that when it is time for them to take you up on an offer, they're like, yeah, you know, I trust this person. I, this person knows what they're talking about. I like this person. I'm going to buy from them. And so the more that you and but Again, as we're talking about this, it's very easy to get overwhelmed and like, ooh, shiny object, Snapchat, yeah. ooh, shiny object, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, you know, squirrel. Um, we have to really focus as much as we possibly can on, that's one thing I love about Facebook ads is that it allows me that I don't have to chase that shiny object. I know that Facebook ads are going to work. There's one point, almost 1.4 billion people on, on Facebook. My audience is there, you know, so... I can focus my efforts on Facebook ads to deliver those leads and sales on an automated basis so that I don't have to, if I want to, I can, if I don't, but I don't have to go and focus on other platforms out there. I mean, if you can, great, you know, but don't get too carried away and try to be on every single platform out there because, I mean, let's, that's just downright overwhelming. Yeah, I have a question on something you just said, which is that bringing your personality, your personal life into it. And I think that we've seen other people. I know um, Aaron Ross from Predictable Revenue. He talks about his family and his kids and something that right. Dave has seen is like, oh, when I talk about my kids or something, people love it. And oh so gosh, from, yeah. from your perspective, have you noticed that when you uh, <laughs> peel the layers back and allow yourself to be vulnerable in a personal way that you're getting that it actually turns into something quantifiable for you? You know, it gets people to be more interested in you and you're like, whoa, people care about, you know, where, where, oh, my family and I went to Disneyland last week or something like that. And you're yeah. able to see that that then adds value to you and as a brand. A hundred percent. And I really, I'm laughing as not laughing, but I'm smiling as you're asking this question because I struggle with this, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, I struggle with like opening up about and, and it's more so because I come from like a perspective of people aren't going to care. Like why, mm -hmm. why do people care that I'm going to Montana to go fly fishing or, you know, I'm leaving on Saturday to go back to the East coast, uh, to visit my family for a few days before I have meetings in New York, you know, like, uh, you know, do people really care that I grew up in New Hampshire and I play ice hockey and all this? Like, I don't, like, I don't, 
I, I have a hard time with that. But when I do share stuff like that, that is the stuff that people pick up on and that's what they comment on, you know? And mm -hmm. when you are vulnerable and that's, I talked about before, like we're going through a complete rebrand and a redesign of the website. It's a big focus of, of the website, of the, of the rebrand is to be more vulnerable, to be more open, like sharing more about me and sort of that, not sort of being that more authentic, like, Hey, this is Rick Mulready. If you don't like the fact that, you know, I listen to Metallica sometimes and I'm a rabid Washington Capitals fan, that's cool. Like, that's fine. Like go, you can go listen to or, or learn from somebody else. But other people are like, Oh, that's really cool. I like that he, you know, how authentic he is or, or whatever. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing for me to do, but when I do it and I'm trying to do more of it, that is the stuff that people, you know, they, they can relate to that, you know, and it makes, it does make you more relatable and allows you to connect to people on a more personal level. And it doesn't, you know, it, it's less like you're kind of like a robot, you know what I mean? It's like, this is all I do, you know, this we work all the time. Um, but yes, and, and long answer here, but the more I'm able to do that, the more people can connect with me. Uh, and that is really what they comment on. If they like tweet me or send me a message or, or whatever it is, that's th it's those types of things that they're commenting on. It feels like we could geek out here for hours with Rick, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can tell he's smiling, he's energetic, he's passionate about this yeah, stuff. It, just, it comes through, Rick. But let's, let's turn the corner into what we might call our rapid fire portion here. We're going to ask you a series of a couple of questions here and uh, 60 uh -oh. seconds or less. Yeah, it, they should be uh, fairly simple for you. But if you need to think about it, go for it. So here's question <laughs> okay. number one. Um, what have you learned about using Facebook for generating leads and sales that you feel only comes with hours and hours of hands-on work? Spill your secrets. In 60 seconds Ooh, or less. What have I learned? Uh, that's only come from doing it a lot. Uh, it's just I have a knack. I, I can go in and I can look at a campaign and like in a matter of seconds, I can diagnose what's going on. Hmm. Like I just, it's just sort power. of, and again, I've been, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. So that's, it, that's what comes with time. And, and that's one of those things that a lot of people, it make, it's hard for people. They're like, oh my God, I have all these numbers to look at all these stats. I don't know what I'm looking at. So like my ads are running now, what do I do? That's something that I've learned over the years that I can do really quickly and go, oh, boom, okay. We need to probably focus on this to make some improvements. What do you know now about Facebook ads that you wish you had known when you were starting? Uh, good question. Um, probably that I've gotta be patient, that I've got to be, uh, that Facebook is gonna, be, is gonna be changing all the time and that if I wanna play in their sandbox, I gotta play by their rules. And so just to be patient, just to test different things, and as Facebook makes changes, adjust with it and just sort of play their game. Awesome, and our last one is, what's something new, Lee, released by Facebook that you're super excited about? I don't know if it's necessarily a new release type of thing, but Facebook, they're, well, they are releasing more, like the, the pixel's getting smarter. I'd say overall, the opportunity that exists with Facebook's algorithm is amazing. And, and I would say it's not a new release, but, but over the past, say, year, Facebook's algorithm has gotten very smart. And so contrary to what we all think that, people, that Facebook is trying to like, take our money and like, it doesn't want us to, su to, to, to succeed with our ads, no, like, Facebook wants our ads to, su to succeed because if they do, what happens? We spend more money. And so the algorithm is really what's underlying all of this when we're doing our Facebook ads, and it's gotten very, very smart. So when we say our objective is conversions, it is doing the work for you. It's trying to find you qualified conversions within the target audience that you have set up to target your ads to. So that's what I'm most excited about. And I think that the, the algorithm is only getting smarter. Facebook has really done a very good job about, about making that algorithm smarter, and it's not slowing down. Okay, so we got four more quick ones here, and these are going to be of interest to the other nerds that are out there. So I'm going to say a couple <laughs> of things about Facebook, and you tell me your first reaction. So audience network, love it or hate it? Uh, getting better. <laughs> Option C. <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, your favorite uh, target audience um, method. So, for example, interest uh, targeting behavior, uh, lookalike, which is your favorite? Uh, definitely warm traffic, uh, targeting uh, people who visit either my website or a landing page or something like that. Power editor. Love it. Delivery insights? Um, yeah, it's okay. 
So is okay. that something that's rolled out to everyone? I actually don't know if that's available to everyone or if that's just available to some people. Have have you come across that within your students? It's uh, yeah, it, it, like like with most thing, most things that Facebook rolls out, it kind of rolls out across the across their user base. Um, you know, the, I, I, I what I'm doing Facebook as I look at the stats within Ads Manager and I'm leveraging all the stats that are that are in there as far as delivery insights go. Yeah, I mean, the more the more information that I can glean from whatever they're going to be telling me, great. But as long as it is actionable, I can use the information to make decisions. I'm okay with it. Okay. All right. Awesome. So thank you so much. I mean, you've been, we feel like we could sit here all day, but uh, for your <laughs> time, respecting your time and our listeners' time, um, we just want to thank you for being here. Quick question Absolutely. which we'd like to know is where can people find you? Obviously, they can go to the Art of Paid Traffic, but tell us about your new website you're going to be launching and where you suggest they find you. Uh, cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely the Art of Paid Traffic. You could search for it, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then also uh, the website is rickmulready.com. Uh, it's not going to be updated, hopefully, until about the end of June 2017. So if you go there beforehand, you're like, holy cow, what is this? I understand that. I'm working <laughs> on it. Um, but yeah, rickmord.com is, uh, is the best place. Awesome. And listeners, we'll cue that up in the show notes. So we'll send you the links to the Art of Paid Traffic as well as his website. So you'll be able to uh, go there and follow him, listen to his show. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Rick. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us for that episode. What you don't know is that afterwards we were uh, bantering back and forth with Rick. And honestly, we could go on with him for hours. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just has could geek out so much information. So if you want to learn more about him, first of all, head over to our blog. We will be teeing up uh, some show notes there as well as the places that you can get to Rick Mulready. So again, you can go to the Art of Paid Traffic, which we'll link up, and then also his website, rickmulready.com. So make sure to rate, review, subscribe to us, uh, head over to our blog. Any questions that you have for him, we're going to be following up with him. So use the comment section at the bottom of our blog to ask questions interact and we'll make sure to get those answers for you all right guys well we hope you've enjoyed this episode of pixels and ink and have uh, gotten a lot out of facebook start using it let us know if you have any questions rate review and subscribe as mckenzie said yes. and we'll see you next week bye bye you've been listening to the pixels and ink podcast with mckenzie farsheed and dave rosendahl for more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode visit mindfirestudio.com blog we look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, keep testing your marketing to find out what works for you and your business and get ready for your leads and revenue to grow. We'll see you in the next episode.